This is Come Follow Me with David Ridges, brought to you by Cedar Fort Publishing and Media, for the week of June 15th through the 21st, covering Alma chapters 13 through 16. I am David J. Ridges. Welcome to this podcast. On the Book of Mormon, we'll be dealing with Alma chapters 13 through 16 today. Uh, If you'd like to listen in and if you're with others, invite them to join with us and let's discuss a number of things with respect to this Come Follow Me segment, Alma 13 to 16. By way of background, uh, Alma and Amulek are preaching here to the wicked people in the city of Ammonihah. They are cocky. They maybe remember back in Alma chapter 1, there was a wicked man named Nehor who came into the land preaching some terrible false doctrines. These people now in the city of Ammonihah, uh, most of them apparently belong to a religion that is still uh, surviving that originated with Nehor, who uh, had died quite some time ago. Alma and Amulek have been badly treated, badly received, uh, there's a very wicked man who is kind of the chief lawyer among these Ammonihahites named Zeezrom. By the way, some people wonder how to pronounce Zeezrom or Zeezrom. It's not really important as long as you know who he is. But if you happen to be trying to prepare a talk and you're going to need to know the word how to pronounce Zeezrom, or if you're going to teach a Sunday school class, or whatever. If you're one of those kind of people that would prefer to say it correctly when you need to, you can go to the pronunciation guide at the end of the Book of Mormon, and under Zeezrom, you'll see the pronunciation symbols that tell you to pronounce it Zeezrom. Otherwise, most people pronounce it Zeezrom, and that's fine with me. Now, Zeezrom is a wicked lawyer, proud and boastful. And as you study these chapters, it'll be very important for you to know that he's going to be converted, much the same as Alma Sr., Alma the Elder, was converted in King Noah's court. So keep that in the back of your minds. Uh, It's really quite interesting to me, in chapter 13 especially, that this is very, very deep gospel doctrine, deep content to be giving to these really wicked people. Normally, in our normal missionary work, we would stick with what we might call the very simple basics of the gospel. But under inspiration here, Alma is going to talk about the fact that priesthood 
priesthood holders here on earth, righteous men, righteous men in the pre-mortal life had priesthood there. Now, that's pretty deep doctrine, don't you think? Well, uh, it's interesting that they're using this kind of deep doctrine. And as I was wondering about that, I really don't know the whole reason why, of course. But to me, the fact that they're teaching deep doctrine implies that the, those who are listening, especially this wicked man, Zeezrom, that they actually have the potential to join the church. And the Spirit is saying this is the kind of thing that will get Zeezrom's attention, if not many others. When we get to verse 3, he's talking, well, in verse 1, he's talking about the Melchizedek priesthood. Let's start at the beginning of verse 1, in fact. And again, my brethren, I would cite your mind forward to the time when the Lord God gave these commandments unto his children. When it says, cite your mind forward, I suspect that's meaning we've talked We've been talking some about the pre-mortal life, so now let's go forward to when God gave these commandments unto his children. And would that ye should remember that the Lord God ordained priests after his holy order. By the way, priests after his holy order means Melchizedek priesthood which was after the order of his son, Jesus Christ. In other words, this Melchizedek priesthood is what Jesus Christ held. To teach these things unto the people, this is similar to the role of our general authorities, to teach us the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. And those priests, in verse 2, were ordained after the order of his son in a manner that thereby the people might know in what manner to look forward to his son for redemption. In other words, you have to be taught the gospel so that you know how important the atonement of Christ is, and so you can follow the path that lets you take full advantage of the Melchizedek priesthood and the ordinances thereof. The ordinance of baptism is a ironic priesthood ordinance, in fact. And then verse 3, and this is the manner after which they were ordained, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world. That phrase means in the pre-mortal existence. According to the foreknowledge of God, on account of their exceeding faith and good works. Now, in the first place, in verse 3, means in the pre-mortal existence, being left to choose good or evil. Therefore, they having chosen good and exercising exceedingly great faith. Bruce R. McConkie told us very clearly that this means that righteous, faithful men in pre-mortality held the priesthood and that's interesting that Alma is telling Zeezrom and these wicked people who are listening in on their debate that righteous people held the priesthood in pre-mortal life. That's deep doctrine. And it's obviously needed in this 
debate for Zeezrom's benefit. Now, uh, let's go clear over to verses 14 through 19, if we may. It's interesting also that Alma is going to teach Zeezrom and his wicked cohorts here about Melchizedek, that great high priest clear back in the Old Testament. Uh, among other things, he will remind these people in Ammoniah who are listening in verse 15 of Alma 13 that Melchizedek was a great high priest to whom Abraham paid tithing. And also, he is now going to start telling us as we continue that Melchizedek Verse 17 was a king over the land of Salem. If you look in the Bible dictionary under Salem, you'll find that that's Jerusalem. And Melchizedek was king over Jerusalem at that time, pretty close to 2000 BC. And Melchizedek's people in Salem had become extremely wicked. But Melchizedek, verse 18, having exercised mighty faith and received the office of the high priesthood. Okay, go. But according to verse 18, Melchizedek, having exercised mighty faith and received the office of the high priest, high priesthood, according to the holy order of God. That means the same priesthood that Jesus Christ held, which is the Melchizedek priesthood. He, Melchizedek, preached repentance unto his people, and behold, they did repent. That's wonderful. That's verse 18. And he, Melchizedek, then went on, according to the rest of verse 18, to establish peace among his people. He became, became known as the Prince of Peace, and he did reign under his father. There's uh, probably a lot more that we'd like to know about the history of that. At any rate, Melchizedek uh, succeeded in preaching to a very wicked people, and they repented. Now, can you see maybe why Alma's teaching this to Zeezrom and his wicked lawyers and other people in the wicked city of Ammonihah, he is in effect saying, you too can repent. What he's doing as a master teacher, in my way of thinking, is he's making it easier for them to repent. He's saying other people who are kind of like you, uh, have succeeded in repenting. The whole city of Salem under Melchizedek repented and became a righteous people. And Zeezrom certainly needs to know that he can repent, and he will. Now, in verse 20, uh, Alma says, well, I don't need to rehearse the matter because the scriptures are before you, verse 20, and if you rest them, W-R-E-S-T, meaning twist them and misinterpret them on purpose to justify your wickedness, which those folks are doing, 
it'll be to your own destruction. Well, uh, how wonderful to see how Alma has given these people a chance to repent. He goes on and reminds these folks, because some of them might decide that they've been tempted much more than they can possibly overcome. And so in verse 28, Alma says, but that ye would humble yourselves before the Lord and call on his holy name and watch and pray continually. Now listen to this, that ye may not be tempted above that which ye can bear. That's like 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. We will not be tempted beyond our ability to uh, withstand the temptation. So Alma's reminding them that uh, any excuses they're trying to come up with to not repent, they're no good. But this is how you can do it. Uh, and thus be led by the Holy Spirit, becoming humble, meek, submissive, patient, full of love, and all long-suffering. That's the end of verse 28, and verse 29 gives them another key, how they can repent. Having faith on the Lord, having hope that ye shall receive eternal life. By the way, eternal life, that phrase always means exaltation in the highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom. Having the love of God always in your heart, that ye may be lifted up at the last day, lifted up, in this case, on judgment day. The last day means judgment day, so that you might be lifted up or exalted when you face the Lord, come before the Lord on judgment day and enter into his rest. The Doctrine and Covenants defines rest as God's type of life. In other words, exaltation. That's in Doctrine and Covenants section 84, verse 24. And now, encouraging word as he finishes this chapter, verse 30. And may the Lord grant unto, your, unto you repentance, that ye may not bring down his wrath upon you, that ye may not be bound down by the chains of hell, and that ye may not suffer the second death. What's the second death? It is being cut off physically from and spiritually from the presence of God forever. Now, as we go to chapter 14, uh, did the people of Ammoniah accept that wonderful call to repentance? The answer is absolutely. Well, many of them did. Let's read chapter 14, verse 1. But the majority, unfortunately, absolutely rebelled and refused against it. Chapter 14, verse 1. And it came to pass that after he had made an end of speaking unto the people, many of them did believe on his words and began to repent and search the scriptures. But Sadly, verse 2, the more part of them were desirous that they might destroy Alma and Amalek. They were angry with him. Satan is quick to bring up feelings of anger against those who preach righteousness in the hearts of the wicked who have decided to stay wicked. Well, uh, verse 6, Zeezrom is astonished 
at the reaction because he himself has been touched in his heart. And in verse 6, he said, uh, and verse 7, let's go right to that. It came to pass that he, Zeezrom, began to cry unto the people, saying, Behold, I am guilty, and these men are spotless. He goes on to defend these great missionaries, Alma and Amulek. And what do the wicked people do to him? Middle of verse 7, they spit on him and cast him out from among them. They also... End of verse 7, rest of verse 7. They also cast out all those men that believed Alma and Amulek. And this gets to be a very difficult part to read here. Verse 8, they took the women and children and also the scriptures that they could find and build a terrible fire and cast them into the fire. And they perished. And then verse 9, they took Alma and Amulek and made them watch this destruction of women and children. Brings up some very deep questions here. Why does the Lord allow such things to happen to innocent and good people? And why weren't the prayers of some of them who no doubt were praying fervently not to become martyrs and be killed here? Uh, we find an answer here. First of all, in verse 10, Amulek pleads with Alma to, that they might stretch forth their arms and use their priesthood and stop this terrible slaughter. So in verse 10, uh, Amulek pleads with Alma to, that they might stretch forth their hands and exercise the priesthood power they have to stop this terrible slaughter. Verse 11, we get some answers to questions about why the Lord lets this happen. But Alma said unto him, The Spirit constraineth me, in other words, is inspiring me, to hold back from exercising our power. I must not stretch forth mine hand, for behold, the Lord receiveth them up unto himself in glory. So, in the eternal perspective, to even be killed because of your faith in the gospel is it pales in comparison to where you're going to end up in glory. And he doth suffer that they may do this thing or that the people may do this thing unto them according to the hardness of their hearts. And here's a key answer that the judgments which he shall exercise upon them in his wrath may be just in other words, might fulfill the law of justice, which is an eternal law that applies in this case. And the blood of the innocent shall stand as a witness against them, yea, and cry mightily against them at the last day. Now remember, what's the last day in the scriptures here? The last day is the judgment day, the day, final judgment day. And so... Alma and Amulek now end up in prison. They are terribly badly abused. These uh, chief judge, this chief, this chief judge, and the priests uh, come to the prison every day for many days and slap them on their cheeks and uh, torment them and verbally abuse them. Now, 
there's something that I would like you to note here. You know where Alma and Amulek are, that they're in prison, they're being terribly treated, they're not being fed, they're not being uh, given water, and they have had their clothing taken away from them. Are you, do you remember back a ways that Alma and Amulek were promised by the Lord that they would have power to uh, escape prison? and to avoid this kind of treatment. But it's interesting, even though they've been given power, they haven't chosen to exercise it yet. Let's go back to Alma, chapter 8, verse 31, where they were given this power not to be held in prisons. And they had power, this is chapter 8, verse 31, and they had power given unto them, insomuch they could not be confined in dungeons, confined in dungeons, neither was it possible that any man could slay them. Nevertheless, they did not exercise their power until they were bound in bands and cast into prison. Perhaps you remember back in Alma chapter 8 where Alma had come back into the city of Ammoniah by another way after they had spit on him and cast him out of their city. He was told by the Lord to go back. In fact, an angel of the Lord, the one that appeared to him when he was being uh, really rebellious as a young man, that angel appeared to him and said, go back to Ammonihah. And he did, and Amulek was told by an angel to look for this tired, hungry prophet and feed him and take care of him. Amulek was quite a rich man in this wicked city of Ammoniah. At any rate, uh, after Amulek's MTC experience, so to speak, uh, and they were getting ready to go preach, he and Alma, the Lord told them in Alma chapter 8, verse 31, quote, And they had power given unto them, insomuch they could not be confined in dungeons, neither was it possible that any man could slay them. Nevertheless, they did not exercise their power until they were bound in bands and cast into prison. In other words, Mormons given us a sneak preview here of what will happen by the time we get to chapter 16, and that's where we are now. Chapter uh, 14, excuse me, chapter 14. And so... Alma and Amulek are being badly abused day after day after day. They come in and and just slap them and uh, abuse them uh, verbally, uh, try and break them down, and they have the power to flee this prison, to get out of this prison, but they have not yet exercised it. But they will here... Shortly, let's go to Alma 14 and 17, when the chief judge has, uh, and the others have been taunting them. Verse 17, and it came to pass that Alma and Amulek answered him nothing. And he smote them again and delivered them to the officers to be cast into prison. This goes on and on. And in verse 21, at the end of the verse, 
on this particular day, they're saying, how shall we look when we are damned? In other words, to me, that means uh, when we are damned, will we look any worse than you do now? Hungry, thirsty, we've beaten you on the face and whatever else they did. And verse 23, it came to pass after they had thus suffered for many days that something really interesting happens. Let's go to verse 26, where Alma has finally decided that it's time to use the power that was given them. And in verse 26, he says, How long shall we suffer these great afflictions, O Lord? O Lord, give us strength according to our faith, which is in Christ. And do you remember what happened? The cords broke, the ropes broke, and they were set free. What did these wicked men and leaders of that city, Abinahah, do? They started running, and they were not able to get to the prison doors before the prison collapsed on them, killing every one of them. Alma and Amalek come out of the prison unscathed and What do the people do? You can tell how wicked they are. They've seen a miracle. These two prisoners are coming out of the rubble unscathed. If they were righteous or had any degree of righteousness in them, they would have bowed down and said, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. Uh, Is there any way we can be saved? But what did they do? Verse 29 People, having heard a great noise, came running together by multitudes to know the cause of it. And when they saw Alma and Amulek coming forth out of the prison, and the walls thereof had fallen to the earth, they were struck with great fear and fled from the presence of Alma and Amulek, even as a goat fleeth with her young from two lions. And thus they did flee from the presence of Alma and Amulek. That's a sad commentary on those people. Now let's quickly go to chapter 15. You remember that Zeezrom tried to stop this terrible treatment and tried to stop the burning of the women and children, and for that he was spit upon and uh, run out of town himself. Well, he's over here now in Sidon, where Alma and Amulek go uh, after they were set free from the prison. And Zeezrom is deathly sick. He's burning up with fever. And he hears, he feels, by the way, that he is responsible for the deaths of Alma and Amulek. He assumes that they were killed and for the deaths of these other converts. His mind is exceedingly sore near the end of verse 5 of chapter 15. But he has sent, he's heard that Alma and Amulek are now in town. He has sent for them, and a wonderful scene of healing takes place here in chapter 15, verse 8. Alma said, If thou believest in the redemption of Christ, thou canst be healed. Verse 9, Zeezrom replied, And he said, Yea, I believe according to thy words. I love that. He trusts Alma. He doesn't have enough faith himself, but he's very honest about it. He trusts Alma. 
And then Alma cried unto the Lord, saying, O Lord our God, have mercy on this man, and heal him according to his faith, which is in Christ. And when Alma had said these words, the Ezraim leaped upon his feet and began to walk. And then down in verse 12, and Alma baptized the Ezraim. And verse 13, he is successful in establishing a church in this town now, and there's a whole lot of success now. But verse 15, the people that were in the land of Ammonihah, they remained a hard-hearted and a stiff-necked people, dropping a couple of lines, ascribing all the power of Alma and Amulek to the devil. That is pathetic. Now, what has happened to all of Amulek's former wealth? Verse 16, came to pass at Alma and Amulek, Amulek having forsaken all his gold and silver and his precious things, which were in the land of Ammonihah, for the word of God. He being rejected by those who were once his friends, and also by his father and his kindred. That's what Amulek gave up to get on the covenant path. Now, as we finish up, uh, we're going to go to chapter 16 and uh, get a little reminder of the history here. Uh, In chapter 16, let's jump ahead to verse 9. Some uh, Lamanites came rushing into the land, took everybody by surprise. They've come over to the land where the Nephites live. And they, verse 9, thus ended the 11th year of the judges, the Lamanites having been driven out of the land, and the people of Ammonihah were destroyed by this invading army of Lamanites. It was talked about at the beginning of chapter 16. The people of Ammonihah were destroyed, yea, every living soul of the Ammonihahites was destroyed, and also their great city, which they said God could not destroy because of its greatness. Verse 10, chapter 16, But behold, in one day it was left desolate, and the carcasses were mangled by dogs and wild beasts of the wilderness. And this is going to smell terribly, as you can imagine. It goes on to say that. Now, a little bit of background. Do you remember that the four sons of King Mosiah, who were with Alma when they were rebelling and rebelling against the church and trying to destroy the church, they asked their father if they could have permission to go on missions to the Lamanites. They've been on missions to the Lamanites. They were there for 14 years. But what's happened here at the beginning of Alma chapter 16 to get the Lamanites so riled up is they decided to start killing the converts that the four sons of Mosiah had received and made. And after they had killed over a thousand of them, they got sick of killing their own people. And so Satan's way is if you 
you've got to be mad at somebody. And so when they quit killing their own people, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, they decided to go find some Nephites to exercise their bloodlust on. And they came storming into the land of Zarahemla. The first city they came to was the city of Ammonihah. And it was those people, those Lamanites, who had quit killing their own people and still wanted to kill somebody, that attacked the city of Ammonihah with a great fierceness and destroyed every one of them. Let's finish up by having Alma and Amulek in chapter 16, verse 13, go forth preaching repentance to the people in the land, in their temples, their sanctuaries, and also in their synagogues, which were built after the manner of the Jews. And so they went forth preaching, and verse 16, here are the results of their preaching, This is what you and I want to be like if we're faithful members of the church. And there was no inequality among them. The Lord did pour out his spirit on all the face of the land to prepare the minds of the children of men or to prepare their hearts to receive the word which should be taught among them at the time of his coming. And so an end result is verse 21 And now after the church had been established throughout all the land, having got the victory over the devil, and the word of God being preached in its purity in all the land, this is what we're trying to do for all the world now as we take the gospel to all the world. Tremendous prophecy is being fulfilled. In other words, finishing chapter 16 now, and the word of God preached in his being preached in his purity in all the land and the Lord pouring out his blessings upon the people and that's what's happening to members of the church now throughout the world and thus ended the 14th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi I'll bear witness that these precious pages of the Book of Mormon have tremendous blessings for us tremendous teachings and the Holy Ghost is the master teacher and he is the one that tells us in our hearts and our minds which messages here among the many many are designed specially for us where we are now and I leave that in the name of Jesus Christ Amen For more Come Follow Me teaching materials visit cedarfort.com. Use code CFPODCAST to receive 15% off of your entire order.